how can we serve others to lead them to Christ? In my mind right now, it's the only question that matters. How can we serve others to lead them to Christ? I feel like it's the question for our church. It's the question for the church. It's the question that God's asking me personally to wrestle with. It's a question I want us as individuals, as believers, uh, as a church body, as a part of the universal church to wrestle with. How can we serve others to lead them to Christ? Go, make disciples, baptizing, teaching, and God will be with us. Jesus will be with us forever. It's not a new question though, right? Because <laughs> when Jesus was asked what's the most important commandment, he said, love God and love your neighbor. His final words to his disciples were, go and make disciples. The question of how can we serve others to lead them to Christ is not a new question. It's the oldest question, but it's the only question. And right now, in contemporary American evangelical church, to speak from my own experience, I feel like there's this focus on loving God with all of our heart and soul and strength to the neglect of loving our neighbor, which means to the neglect of loving someone into a relationship with the God that we love so much. And if there's a neglect of that, we're missing 50% of the Great Commandment. 50%. And that's why we talked last time about the balance between love God and love your neighbor. We don't want to go all the way towards loving God to the exclusion of people around us. That's not what Christ did. But we don't want to just serve people's physical needs to the exclusion of their souls and their relationship with God, turning ourselves into kind of like civic workers, almost a governmental approach to, I'm just going to meet temporary physical needs. We know that these bodies pass away. This world's going to pass away. So there has to be a loving God through loving our neighbors. There has to be a loving God by loving our neighbors. There, there needs to be a loving of neighbors and of God so that we meet in the middle here for that perfect balance point. Because they're connected, right? When we love God better, it, it helps us to love others better. When we love others better, we find ourselves loving God. They're made in His image. And when we don't love others, it hinders our love for God. And when we don't love God, it actually hinders our love for others. So we need to find this balance. They're absolutely intertwined, interconnected. And it's the question for Christ's church. Probably always has been the question for Christ's church. But right now in this season of our church, I know God is asking us to wrestle with this individually and collectively. So today and in this conversation, I want to introduce a third word to help us wrestle with this concept. And the word, the English word, is progression. How can we serve others to lead them to Jesus? The Bible is pretty clear that there is such a thing as others. There are those who are apart from God. The Bible says once you were all apart from God, outsiders, not members of God's kingdom but through Christ we have been invited in. So for all of us, it doesn't matter where we were born or what church we attend, you know, we begin outside and we are invited and we are welcomed in. We were the other. And now we are the welcomed and the embraced, the forgiven and the redeemed. But the reason the word progression is so important is because churches can focus on one of three different places too much 
and get stuck along the way. Kind of along the idea of balance, a church could focus just on serving. How can we serve others? So how can I get a warm cup of soup into the hands of a homeless person who is cold? That's exactly the sort of stuff that Jesus did. But if there's no progression, then we sort of content ourselves with meeting physical needs, but neglecting the spiritual side of things which is eternal. Would we rather give even every day food and shelter to someone who then for eternity would be lost from God? No. No. But we can love and serve as an expression of how much God has loved and served and provided for us. But we should have with the mindset of progression. I hope this leads to more. I hope that my loving you who are a part, who God loves, precious human, made in his image, how this love would draw you to want to know Jesus who gave himself for me and for you on the cross. But just getting saved, saying a prayer, committing our lives to Christ still is like a formation of something. The Bible calls it a new birth. So you're a baby at that point, but it isn't yet fully walking. The Bible says in that moment you're given everything we need for a whole lifetime, but we haven't yet lived a lifetime. <laughs> We haven't yet put any of those things into practice. And so some churches are all about, let's just get people saved. How many people can I serve so we can have people say a sinner's prayer and get baptized? Well, that may be entrance into the family of God, but God wants more than for us just to stay as babies and toddlers. He has a vision for what we might become. And there's a great quote uh, that says, Jesus loved sinful people just as they were, so serving just as they were, amongst them, you know, tax collectors and sinners. And, the quote goes on, and he loved them with the warmth of God's expectation of what they might become. Jesus didn't just leave people. He taught them, and he saved them, and he helped them, and he sent them out with commission with purpose. He died, he rose again, he ascended, he sent his Holy Spirit so that those who are saved might receive the power of God so that we could fulfill our purpose, each of us uniquely using the gifts and the Spirit of God to fulfill our purpose. That's progression. And if we settle for temporary needs, we're missing the boat. But if we even settle for saying, oh good, you know God, you're done, that hasn't been my experience. My experience is that God wants us to dig deeper into who he is, that he's this limitless depth of wisdom and knowledge, and I can dig deeper and deeper and deeper, and that the more I get to know him, he reveals who I am, and I see sin more clearly, and I, I see love more clearly, and I begin to have his mind more and more and grow into him. The Bible calls that maturity. It's actually a beautiful Greek word for it. It's teleos. Teleos means mature, kind of like from nothing to something to a lot. Um, it means perfect. It means whole or complete or full. Teleos. Uh, the Apostle Paul talks to the Christians in the New Testament and says, I want you to become mature in the faith so that you won't be tossed here and there by every wind of doctrine. So if we're just saved, I believe in God. Okay, well, there's a lot of people that say a lot of things about God. What is God's word saying? What did Jesus, the Son of God, say? Well, as we dig into that, we know what Jesus said, then we won't get tossed around. Paul wants us to become mature, perfect, full, complete, whole. But that kind of gives us the mindset that then we're going to be finished at some point. That's not what teleos means. Teleos means sort of a fulfillment of your purpose. 
the Greeks used this word that way. A good example that I could think of, or a good illustration for us, might be a tool or an instrument. Let's pick a hammer, for example. Even a very simple hammer is made up of at least two pieces, and so they can be found in the world in their raw form. There are trees, there is wood, that's a handle, and there is metal, there is iron, there is ore, that can be the head of the hammer. But in their original state, they're not fulfilling the function. They're not growing into maturity and skill in usage. They're not, they have not even been formed yet. But the Bible says we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. So once we are apart from God, but Christ reaches out to us and says, I see your raw form. Let's take that wood. Let's take that metal. Let's put them together. Let's create them through the cross, through the power of the Holy Spirit, into this new person. So that this person has the potential to actually live and be who they were designed to be, who they were born to be, who God knows them to be. That, that warmth of God's expectation of what we might become. So this word progression is important for us. We have to love and serve others to lead them to Christ, but not just so that we can get another notch in our Christian belt saying, I saved someone. Someone came to, how many people came to Christ in your church? How many people were baptized at your last baptism? Okay, those are all awesome and amazing things, but we see the fruit of what that salvation was in how we live out being disciples. This whole thing is discipleship. This is a, a, a disciple to be. This is initiation into discipleship, and this is living out being disciple. It's not just, are you saved and then be discipled? You're not a disciple. It's God's expectation of what we might become. We as a church need to grab that expectation of every single person around us. What might it be like if you turn to the Christian next to you or the church attender who may be, or may not be saved, who sits next to you every week, and see the potential in them that they might become in Christ? What if we served one another, even in the church, in such a way to lead us closer to Christ? When's the last time you had a conversation with a spiritual brother or sister in Christ that led you closer to Jesus? That's what we should be doing. When's the last time you had a conversation with a complete stranger that led them closer to Jesus? When's the last time someone was baptized that you said, oh, I can't wait to see what God has for your future? For those that have been saved for a lifetime, how are we eager to see how God might use us if we're a hammer, or if we're a nail, if we're glue. Jesus used the metaphor of a body, if we're the mouthpiece, the eyes, the hands, the feet of Christ. If we don't keep in mind this progression, we're going to get stuck. We have the whole counsel of God in the Word of God. It's pretty clear that teleos, maturity, fullness, wholeness, Fulfillment of purpose is what Christ has for us. But we're going to spend our entire lives perfecting how to be used as a hammer by God. How to be used as glue by God. How to be used as a band-aid by God. How to be used as a megaphone by God. Whatever tool, whatever purpose, he'll use us. And we'll gain experience and skill and, and encounters with God by being used in that way. We'll never be the perfect hammer, nail, glue. That's okay. Because Christ in us is everything we need. And we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he's prepared in advance for us to do. Let's not get stuck with physical things. They're meant to lead us to God. And let's not stop at just loving God and feeling like we're done. 
Let's live towards growing in him, thriving, having fruitfulness and abundance and fullness in him. Imagine what it would look like if Christians weren't just worried about getting saved and then thinking they were done, but they lived to their fullness of God's expectation. Imagine what the Christian church would look like in that day. Imagine what it would look like if Christians never anticipated purpose, but just felt like knowing and believing faith without works was enough. The Bible says that that's dead. Faith without works is dead. We've been created for both. Imagine what we could be in the world in Jesus' name if we're loving people with the warmth of God's expectation of what they might become and not settling for a white rose on a pulpit or a baptism service, but for a lifetime of discipleship fully sold out for God. This is what discipleship is. Go and make disciples requires the going and the serving and the making. But what did Jesus say right after that? He said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So encounter the kingdom. Commit your whole life to God. And then he said, and then teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. What's his greatest command? Love God and love your neighbor. If we're going to be a disciple-making church, we need to be asking this ancient question anew in our day for our location, for you in your job. How can you serve the people around you to lead them closer to Christ? For you in your home, how can you serve your spouse to lead them closer to Jesus? How can you serve your children? How can you serve your in-laws? It can be through a word. It can be through a gift. It could be through a card or a note. It could be through self-sacrifice. It could be through biting our tongue when we would want to speak. It could be through speaking up when we feel too nervous to. Let the Holy Spirit guide us in that. But we're looking for the progression because we want to draw closer to God. And we want to make disciples the way Jesus has called us to. So I ask you to just wrestle with this question the way I feel like God's asking me to wrestle with it. And we'll discover things along the way as we work ourselves into fullness and perfection and completeness and maturity incrementally more we will know until we know fully as we are fully known because now we only know in part but eventually we will know fully even as we are fully known may god bless you as you seek to pray about what the serve looks like who the others are what the progression looks like as we pray with the warmth of god's expectation of what we might become